What's up? Happy Cyhawk Week, and welcome to the final final episode of the summer series for 2019. Yes, it's technically still summer. Yeah, it's September 20th. I think it's the, uh, the solstice. The, the, the solstice. That's the 21st, usually? 21st? Or the 20th. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, this is technically still the summer series. And we actually stayed on schedule for one summer because we wanted the final one to be Cyhawk Week this year, the bi week one of the two, but we wanted it to be Cyhawk related. We are recording in the Cyclone Fanatic home office in beautiful Bondurant, Iowa. And we are, as always, presented by Sukup Manufacturing. And they got a big weekend coming up. You can follow them at SukupMFG on Twitter with the hashtag Game Day Build, the big Game Day Build coming up on Saturday where they will put up a safety home right outside of Jack Tri Stadium. Our friend Rachel from Sukup has provided this list of former Cyclones and Hawkeyes who you can go and meet, take a picture with, do whatever you want. Tim Dwight, Sage Rosenfels, Dallas Clark, Lindsey Fennelly, Stacy Freeze, George Niang, Chess Settles, and more will be there. Um, and it's actually cuts close to home right now for everybody, Brent, because they're hurricane-proof. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, Hurricane Dorian just uh, reaped its destruction on our nation's um, southeastern portion, and now it's yeah, working bombs. its way up. Yeah, so um, that is coming up. And with the college game day deal, it's going to be right next to it. That lot just got a little more insane. Yeah. Good for the exposure that Sukup's hopefully going to get. With a shot in the I back. do wonder if they'll get more from having the shot of the Sukup End Zone Club on the background of game day or from the Sukup Summer Series. We'll let, th- let them decide. Well, What's more marketing exposure? They're going to get more exposure from the game day thing. Yeah. What about but quality? quality exposure, I think you're getting here. <laughs> I would agree. Would be my guess. Good, for, good that was a good, uh, good for Sukup too. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Yes. Um, at Sukup MFG, and they'll be updating that with pictures and stuff. And I'm going to try and buzz That's over awesome there, deal, yeah, and uh, take some photos. But it's a great opportunity, even if you're there. I know that there's going to be tens of thousands of people near Jack Tri Stadium who won't be going to the game. If you're just going to game day, slip on over to that and you can get some pictures taken with some of the all-time greats. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even uh, even some Hawks. Even a few Hawks. Even a few Hawks. It is Cy-Hawk week and um, we wanted to run down with what? Favorite Cy-Hawk moments? Is that what we're calling yeah, this? Yeah. Five. Yeah. Top, top five. Bloom's done this now. Cy-Hawk games. Uh, Bloom has been around this rivalry on the Iowa State side longer than I have. And I wanted to just let him put it on a tee and we'll react, share some stories and respond. We both, uh, you have a column coming out on Wednesday about family and the Cyhawk rivalry. I've spoken about my uncle Dick who passed away this week or not this week, but this summer. And um, so we both kind of come at it from that angle as well. Yeah. I mean, this game has, I know you can talk about the Super Bowl and other negative connotations, which which always amuses me this time of year, where you get some heat for caring about a game more, which is kind of a weird, <laughs> yeah. a weird you dynamic. Losers you losers care you, too you, much. You care too much about that. How dare you? But no, I. This game to me was always number one a barometer, and it meant a lot because 
when you grow up, and I know there's people who listen to this grew up in central Iowa, so I I turned 35 on Saturday, which is game day. It'll be a pretty sweet 35th birthday gift. Or a terrible one. Uh, well, <laughs> we're going to look optimistically. Thanks. Clearly, the week's going well for you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's Monday night. It's Monday. I'm so burnt out. I know. I I'm you'll, so done. You'll rally. Oh, I know I will. It's fine. I'm not trying to feel sorry for myself. Go ahead. But when you grow up in uh, central Iowa in the early 90s and that streak was going on, I went to school in West Des Moines, and there were like three of us Iowa State fans. Like, there yeah. just weren't many, and yeah. you were completely no, outnumbered, it. and it, it the game never went well, but yet you still had to fight through it. And so where this game – so I had family that is in, that was involved at the University of Iowa. I had a gr- both my grandparents and my mom's side taught at the University of Iowa, and somehow I became an Iowa State fan. So there's always something going on um, as far as this game just meant more. Yeah. And it did. When you're in the state, it does mean more. Now, you can look at it objectively and say, well, it would be a lot more important if Iowa State wins a Big 12 game. Absolutely. But you can't ignore the personal importance. No. And the Sci-Hot game always did that for me. And that's why, you know, over the years, I think this game, if you look at one series for Iowa State in the last – 25 years 21 years since the series really changed there have been more dynamic sci-hawk games than i think any other series i State has played and there's been some awesome memories over the years in this game yeah it really has and i think it's changing too um i talked about i've talked about this some on the radio i don't want to spend too much time on it here tonight but i i do think that the the dynamic of the game has changed with campbell in the sense of style of play he's much more like kirk ferentz than uh, any of these former Iowa State coaches have been yeah. as far as style of play, and I think it actually makes it more difficult to beat Iowa. I think we've seen some of these less talented Iowa States jump up and bite them where it's been easier because they catch them off guard, and Iowa's not necessarily built to beat a team like that. We'll see. Perhaps Campbell and Tom Manning and the boys will surprise me on Saturday with the game plan. I'm going more up, Brent, off of what we saw a year ago. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. You know, Iowa State is – playing a Big Ten style of football in the Big 12, and that's why it has been successful. And I agree with you. You made that point today on the radio. I think there, there's something to that. And I also think Iowa State's been close. Yeah. I mean, they sh- I mean, so we'll get Should've into Should have won two yeah, years ago. I mean, ago. two years ago, that was an all-time great game. I mean, great it was game. exhausting. But it was a phenomenal actual game. Iowa State had Iowa dead to rights. And that was really the coming out party for David Montgomery and Akeem Butler. Sure, Iowa fans will remind you how dominant on defense they have been against Iowa State. But Iowa State put up, what, 41 points in regulation in that game and really should have had the game won. Uh, David Montgomery made Josie Jewell look ridiculous a couple of different times. So I don't know what we'll see this year. I agree. I think it'll be a defensive slugfest. But styles make fights. And I think this one will, will be quite interesting. A lot of times that when you think you have a read on a game, in this series, it has zigzagged the other way. Yes. And I think that's what has made it so memorable over the years. I think Iowa State having that bye week things make, makes things especially more uh, unpredictable. Yeah, juicy. Yeah. All right, so we've got Bloom's five greatest Cyhawk memories, and I think it'll be interesting, too, because, you know, you were talking about growing up and not many Iowa State fans around. I was on the other side. You know, I grew up in a Hawkeye family, yep. and I'm proud to say that everybody has converted other than my Uncle Dick. He yep. was the only one that we didn't convert. Um but I grew, I grew up, you know, as an Iowa fan where you didn't ever expect Iowa State to even you give you a game. worry about it. Well, that was, that was one of those games where you, you constantly expected it to be 60 to 20. And, in, or, and it often was. Yeah. And I didn't grow up, um, again, in southwest Iowa. It's so Nebraska heavy. Every, we don't get Des Moines media, really. 
you know, clearly is a different media culture than what it is now. Sure. Cyhawk Twitter did not exist. Yeah, right. There wasn't, um, it was weird. There wasn't like an ire towards Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You didn't hate Iowa State. You, you just, they were just they were kind irrelevant. of, they were just this they team were a game. on the schedule yeah. that you knew that you were going to kill after you beat Central Michigan in the first week is that's kind of how you approached it. And I do remember 98 and I remember being so shocked and granted I was only 13 years old mm-hmm. or whatever. So I, but I, but I followed things closely and it was just like, wow, I mean, how far is this program falling if we just lost Iowa State? And that's kind of how you looked at it at that point. Yeah, no question. And that that's kind of where this starts is the series changed on that day in 1998, and that is in my top five. So we'll get to that here later. But, yeah, from 80, 84, when I was born in 84, I didn't see Iowa State beat Iowa until I was 14 years old. It's crazy. So, and that I've circled that. I mean, they weren't even close. Like, there was – you know, Iowa State had lost, what, nine straight to K-State until last year. Yeah. But they all were, you know, yeah. majority of them were down to the Extra wire. Extra point, field goals. Yeah. An I, interception I, here. In in my lifetime, Iowa State beat Nebraska and Oklahoma before it beat Iowa. So, I was, like, untouchable. And, and I had – I went over to a game a year in Iowa City. Iowa State had another game. And it felt like Iowa was – the varsity team and Iowa State's the eighth yeah. grade team. Like it just felt like there's a separation. But now it's been fun as somebody that cares so much about Iowa State to see the progress. And and over the last 21 years, it's 11 to 10 Iowa. Like it has been dead even. I think it's one of the best rivalries in the country. I'm excited for people to find out more about it because it has been extremely competitive. Yes, I was one three in a row. No mistaking that, but I, I think there's been some some moments in the series that have been quite memorable along the way, and it, it's become, I think, one of the nation's best rivalries. All right, where are we going? Are we, well, I, we're so, going from five to one? Yeah, well, so a couple honorable mentions that didn't make the list. One of those was, I think, the best game I saw that Iowa State lost was that game two years ago. That was a really good game. Really yeah. su- super good game, and Iowa State had it. I mean, there's a, there's a photo that Reese Strickland from USA Today took of Campbell on the sideline after that game and the look on his face and it's just like let one go yeah it is such a it's such a strong and powerful photo as you could see everything going through his eyes like he knew that they let that one get away when we had the podcast last time about how iowa state really shifted its entire premise the game following that game and it, a big reason why is because Iowa State allowed, what, 44 points to a really average Iowa team. I mean, Nate Stanley was his first start on the road and just ripped him up. Yeah. Couldn't tackle. But that was really some of the genesis of why Iowa State made the move that game and then the, the Akron game that followed. So it actually it was a blessing in disguise down the road. But that, that was a, the best game I saw that Iowa State lost. Other honorable mentions for me, the Jake Knott game in 2012. Yeah ugly game didn't think that iowa state had much of a chance going into that one well they they i think iowa was they were expected to be better than they were i don't think they were very good in 2012 ended up to be but i think iowa state was like a seven eight point on yeah I, I i remember distinctly being surprised yeah by and, how that one ended and steel jance got to start that day it was his second win against iowa but uh defensive what nine to six final iowa driving late and then not tipped it to himself got the interception that was a neat moment in kinnick that was in that there's there's some good photography from that one too i i don't know i, I think whoever shot for the register that day had a perfect shot i had that um front page somewhere here in my office but it's and you can see the iowa fans reaction in the background of that one yeah what i remember most about that is we went over the night before along with uh 
uh, Adam Gray, yes, and uh, Tron Smith, yeah, from Wilson Toyota, and we I, were so that, we were, that was that we went to the Chili's and we had a couple pops, and we went to the hotel bar, yeah. and yeah. In, in walks Wally Burnham at like eleven thirty, and Adam, of course, doesn't know a stranger. Yeah. He's like, "Good luck, to, good luck tomorrow, Coach." And Wally said something like, "I got something for him." And <laughs> That's such a Wally comment. <laughs> and they ended yeah. up holding him to six points, and uh, I think missed a few, missed an extra point, but really Iowa State's defense was dominant, and that defense in twelve. I mean, really, if you, look at, if you look at the series, when Iowa State's defense has been good, it has been able to really bottle up Iowa. And so I think that it's an interesting, an interesting deal of, of what that means for 2019. But, I mean, not inclined. Those guys were all over the place. And it was a slugfest, but Iowa State got the upper end. And then the uh, other honorable mention for me was the Shaggy game. Oh, man. Which, it's fun yeah. for me to ever remind Iowa fans that uh, one of Gene Chizik's five wins against anybody was against Iowa and its first ever win was against Iowa and Kirk Ferris. That was something close to a, I know it was exceeding three touchdown favorite. Yeah, it in was that 19 game. or 20. Yeah. yeah I because mean, no bit. I would say just lost to uh, Kent, Kent State, State handily. Didn't they lose to you and I too? Uh, I think you and I was the week following. Oh, actually. okay. I don't know. It was all, that was, that season was a blur of how bad it was. It was really horrible. I remember, um, I actually didn't cover that game, believe it or not. It's one, I didn't cover the two, I went back and checked this out. I I was still writing about the team, but I wasn't covering it on a day-to-day yep. basis. The two Chiswick years, yep. I wasn't like physically there. And I remember that one because I drove all night from Shenandoah, and then it was an 11 o'clock kick in front of the program. Chad Winterbore and I went and started tailgating at like four. <laughs> uh, but I remember I was sitting with him. That was the Philip Bates game. It was, where yeah. Philip Bates had the touchdown pass. Yep. And um, – the shaggy deal just and you kept like being an Iowa State fan in that one assuming he's going to miss because it's Iowa State yep. and kicking right yep. we just we've come to know that over the years even shaggy missed some big kicks earlier on in his career and it was a that was a really fun day because it was so unexpected uh, totally you're right Iowa State had lost to Kent State and you and I before that that's game. what I thought yeah because we were looking at thinking they may not win a game all right. year it was it was looking very dire and then five few goals for shaggy um yeah, the, what what you remember from Philip Bates wasn't a touchdown pass. He caught a reception oh. on a seam route that set up the winning field. I'm sorry, yes. Of all people to catch a pass. So this You're is right. 2007. I think that's about the only thing Phil Bates really did then. And then year. he but transferred to Ohio. Ohio. But it was a, it was a big play in one of one of Chiswick's five wins at Iowa State. Crazy. Game against Kirk Ferentz. What, but, what else I remember from that game is Jake Christensen throwing ground balls left and right. I got the uh, that game's throwback there you go. jersey yeah, right Yeah, the jerseys. Here, hanging and in my office. They're sweet jerseys. They, they should bring those back. They are. Yeah, I got my Brett Meyer jersey hanging up yeah. right there. And happy that Colbertson gets remembered now for that before game. anything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's just such a good a good dude. We Great guy, Edmondson, and yeah. he still represents Iowa State well with Cole's kicking. Completely. Completely. So that's uh, those are my honor mentions okay those are good so we'll start with number five on my list would be 2001 2001 so that's the year before the Seneca comeback yep so at, in Iowa City so this was Seneca's first year at Iowa State but what makes this memorable and wasn't necessarily the game all the game was memorable it was that this got postponed because of 9-11 absolutely and so bef- that week I mean that I remember it vividly I was more excited you know so 9-11 happened on a Tuesday I was in Mrs. Lathrop's English class and I was so fired up that you know it's gonna be Seneca they had uh 
Liddell Betts was the star running back. They had the kid from Ames grabbing. Yep. Remember so they, him? They had some guys, and Iowa was kind of on the rebuild. People were talking – so Ferentz is in year three at this point. McCartney had Iowa State set up coming off nine wins, and there was a lot of expectation around this game. And then 9-11 happens, and obviously – you remember where you were, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But I was in the Clarinda High School Commons. I th- and I, I think, like a lot of people, one of our first one of the thoughts, obviously, other than the huge, huge big picture ideas, is, well, what are they going to do about the Seahawks game? I remember it was a conversation, and they decided to cancel it. And I was like, wow. So it was a surreal weekend that week when it should have been, but they moved it yeah. to uh, November, and it was the Thanksgiving game, which actually set up. It was really neat. It I was know, awesome. I know they can't probably do that logistically now just because of the TV, the and, the TV and the contracts, but it was it. So Iowa State was bowl eligible. Iowa was bowl eligible, but both had a chance to really elevate into a better bowl game, and Seneca was good all year. Iowa had really improved at one seven games, and it was, it was a rainy, wintry mix, which was different. Yeah, it, that was a fun game. I, I I went actually sat in Jack Trice in an Iowa shirt in that game as, as that? gross as that makes me feel right now. Yep. But I did. Who was I'm trying to think back. Who was Iowa's quarterback? Oh, uh, probably would have been Kyle McCann. Kyle still? McCann years. Yeah. I mean, 2001. Yeah. I don't. I don't quite. Remember. I just remember Liddell Betts was their guy. He had a big game. Um, and it was the Iowa State led. Iowa was driving. Or yeah, no. Iowa State was up three. Iowa State throws an interception, Seneca. Uh, Iowa linebacker catches it and is stripped by Craig yeah. Soup Campbell. Made the they made the strip I, I and Iowa State run off the clock. Specifically, remember that play. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a that was a memorable play. Iowa State held on, won its seventh game, and so for two years in a row, won seven games or more. It was a, it was a fun game. I would prefer the Seahawks game be in November. Do you think so? I, I would. Now, there's a lot of things that go with the Seahawks game that we'd miss out on. I don't know if like RVTV would be a thing. Um, but I just I would rather get these two teams when they've seasoned a little bit yeah. every single year because I feel like a lot like last year I feel like Iowa State would have beaten Iowa had they played in the in month November. of November. That's an interesting point. I, I think that and there's probably some years that Iowa feels like we would have beaten you guys if we would have gotten you in November because yeah. Ferentz's teams in, in many years have gotten better. I don't. I like the. Um, Florida, Florida State, Clemson, I, South Carolina. I like the rivalries I, at the end of the and year. And I wonder if it would get more exposure for the rivalry if it was on rival, rivalry weekend like those other games, too. Yeah, so. it, and... It'll never happen. No, it won't. But I think it makes more sense now that Iowa State has kind of legitimized itself True. as a program, where that wasn't really the case for such a long time. But yeah, that was that was a that was a fun one. It was a, it was an entertaining game, and uh, Iowa won. Iowa State won seventeen to fourteen, made it three straight wins over Iowa. That was the first game I ever went to in Jack Trice. Is that right? Now that I'm thinking yeah, about it, so yeah. So that was a uh, kind of kind of cold, wintry, but it, it was mm-hmm. a different environment in there. And then, of course, Iowa State would go on to. Uh, kick a winning field goal against Alabama in the oh no oh wait yeah. <laughs> I they remember watching that, that too so that's how uh, that year ended but let's go to the next one okay this one, what do we got now this Number one four. you remembered very well is aka the Steel Jans game oh, in man. 2011 44-41 I mean, Maybe this, the best, most entertaining Seahawks game ever. I, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's right there for sure from a pure entertainment standpoint. And Iowa had Iowa State dead to rights. But Steel Jance was absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, there's, there's two games in my top five that I think 
were the best quarterback performances I've ever seen at Iowa State. But Steel Jansen's performance against Iowa that day may have been the best. So I, I looked up, I wrote a column the following week and it was titled nerves of steel which who was my editor come on you gotta you gotta get rid of that i love but it steel, no man we're, we're down with the corn man i <laughs> we'll do the corny headlines all the time iowa state that day i mean needed every one of them was 15 of 22 on third and fourth down like Jeez. every single time they needed a throw and it was sometimes it was like third and 18 third and 21 yeah. and steel runs around Gosh. makes this awesome play but when that game was over, we thought, holy salvation, Dude, we have a quarterback. You know what's funny is I, I, I specifically remember getting a text from John Miller of Hawkeye Nation basically calling Steel Jantz a Heisman Trophy yeah. candidate after that game. He was Be- that good. Because if you remember before, though, he had done the heroics against Northern Iowa. Yep. And we were, one. Yeah, yep. we were kind of like – you're a little bit nervous, but you're also like, okay, this hey, guy's got some juice to him. He's got something to him. Yeah, and then he did that against Iowa, and, and like that was legit to talk there for a while. I got to find the exact numbers, but he was something like 21 to 28 for <laughs> 290 and, and just huge play after huge play. Money Reynolds made a big play in that game. Darius Darks yes. was big. And then, of course, the uh, I think one of the better moments was that James White into the corner of the end zone to win it. Uh, Walter's call is excellent on that. Um, yeah. and it was just a – it was a capper because the year before, Iowa had just completely embarrassed Iowa State. And it was somewhat a similar conversation of will Rhodes ever beat Iowa. And uh, that was a convincing way to do that. And turned out to be, I think, an okay Iowa team. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a, that was part of the roller coaster season of 2011, which was wild. Actually, wild. some semi-decent um, parallels to this year, really – if you look at Iowa State struggling to beat Northern Iowa yeah, the that, year before, yeah. um, the commentary on Campbell and inference and whatnot, yeah. I think it, there are a few parallels. And Iowa had some hype entry in that game and, again, favored. Iowa's been favored in this game every single year since 2000. So and it looks like it's going to continue looks, to be the case. No doubt. The heavy money right now is on, on Iowa uh, locally, but nationally um, the Sharps are on Iowa State. Okay. Did you know That's that? Good. I did not know yeah, that. I was that looking, makes me feel better. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that, I think, from an entertainment standpoint, 2011 was really good. A beautiful day, and Jack Trice was loud that day. That was a fun one. Um, what, what do we have for number three? Number three. This one. Uh, 2005's got to be on here, right? You is got this it. it? This, this is my favorite sci game. So I thought about putting it up there because from a pure selfish standpoint, this was would probably be number one for me just because me of the atmosphere around it. We were both in college at the time. And I can't... So many friends playing on that Iowa State team. Yeah, right. That's why that season will always be, I think, special to both of us because yeah. that was that was kind of our year. I mean, we were buddies. with the, yeah. We hung out with those guys. We... And then they, not only that, but um, you don't ever root for anybody to get hurt, but Drew Tate with the amount of smack that he had talked prior to that football game. And he got knocked out, which, again, you don't celebrate. But it was a – that was a thing, though. I mean, that defense – they had something to prove in 23 to 3 baby so, uh, i was ranked eight, eight right so tell me if you've heard this before okay everybody out there okay highly ranked iowa team that's undefeated comes into jack trice stadium with a defense that had thrown a shutout the week prior a quarterback that was seasoned a iowa state team that had just struggled to beat a fcs team 
the previous Illinois game. State. Illinois State. God, I know too much. All the media was hyped on Iowa. I was like, there's no way Iowa State's going to be able to move the ball on this defense, yada, yada, yada. Sound a little bit like uh, the yeah. game we have coming and, up? And the media this, this week is all going to pick Iowa. Uh-huh. It's headed that I, way, which is fine. Like it, it, I actually think I, I don't blame them based no. off of what we've seen through the ter- first two weeks of the season. But, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of parallels. A defense that has a future NFL star, uh, Chad Greenway and Abdul Hodge on that <laughs> That team. was a good Iowa team. They were good. They were really good. Actually ended up having, maybe because of that game, a, a little disappointing season. I think they ended up winning seven games that year. Uh, but they had a nine-game winning streak entering that game. Top ten. Everybody was like Iowa. Drew Tate was a Heisman contender at this yeah. point. And Iowa State just stuck it to him. The loudest I have ever heard Jack Trice Stadium was after that uh, LaMarcus Hicks pick six. Um, the, it was either the year before or after. So Iowa won 2006. They did. One of those years... The story was, and and I know this from people who saw it, Tate, like, stood on the corner and flipped off the Iowa State buses. Yeah, there was no love lost. I think that was 2006. I'm just trying to paint the picture for the audience here about the feelings between Drew Tate and Iowa State. it was it was a very real yes. thing. And but you remember you had to have Iowa friends like I did at this time. Oh, yeah. I mean th- there was as many people around that stadium that oh. game as I can remember because everybody was convinced that it was going to be this party for the Hawks and it was yeah. the stadium was emptying of black and gold in the fourth quarter. I, and then they all had magical something came up that night that all, they couldn't stay. All my buddies from Iowa who came and stayed with us they were basically back in Iowa City before I got done like yep. working. Very similar. Yeah. They all left. It yeah. was like they were planning to make it a weekend, and nope, yeah, twenty three to three. And and then I just remember Iowa State's offensive line was much maligned, but them and Stevie Hicks controlled the second half. Stevie ended up with one hundred and thirty yards and. Uh, rest in peace, big guy. But it was a uh, Kerper had a fumble, re- yeah, he fumble had a, recovery, or I he think forced he did. fumble, he had or a something. turnover forced or something yeah. in that game too. So yeah. that was a a dominant defensive performance and and really shut up the Hawkeye fan base and it was very enjoyable. Yeah, that was a and it was hot that day. Hot, I remember hot too. and windy, super hot that yep. day. All yep. right, so that that was a that was a good one. Uh, well, and, I know that the next two. Um, I'm just going by my own brain here. Yep. I got to guess 98's number two and 2002's number one. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, the, I don't remember much from 98, Brent. I just um, this is where you're better than me. If if you get about 2003 and before, I'm not great on Iowa State history. Sure. Uh, Sage, right? Wasn't Sage the quarterback? Sage was not. Sage was a backup in 98. Todd Bandauer was the quarterback. Sage came in in 99. Yep. Okay. Yep. Sage's first year starting was in 99. Todd Bandauer, absolutely. uh, Again, Iowa State comes in 28-point underdogs. A lot like going into Oklahoma. I mean, we're talking for new cyclones, what it felt like before that game. It was like, well... We're just going to see how bad it is. Iowa State had lost the previous week to TCU, a team that didn't win the year prior. Um, they it's like felt a little bit hopeless going in there. McCarney at that point was like, is this guy, he doesn't have Troy Davis. I mean, what's, what's there to have hope for? The previous three years, Iowa State had won uh, three games, three games, one game. It's like, where are we going mm-hmm. with this guy? He loses to TCU at home. There's no way we're beating Iowa. We're staring at one win again, maybe no wins. Okay, this is going to be it for Dan McCarney. This game 
it's weird to say in a three-win season because, again, 98 only won three games. But that game single-handedly, in my opinion, changed the future of Iowa State football and I, brought I it into that. the modern era because yeah. it brought belief in the state. I mean, Iowa was invisible, and Iowa State found a way. They blocked a punt early. They recovered a fumbled punt early, got up 10 nothing. Then Darren Davis was the best player on the field, 245 yards. They kept feeding him the ball. And Iowa State got it done with a malign defense held Iowa to 50 yards rushing. And just really, it was not a competition in the second half. And, you know, that really put, gave Iowa State some belief. They won the next week. And it saved McCarney's job. And it, it gave him enough time to establish Iowa State. And without that, I don't know what Iowa State football looks like now. I mean, I think that game really single-handedly turned the fortunes of what then became Iowa State football in the early 2000s. A couple thoughts. One is Iowa State fans are often mocked for, you know, Super Bowl, all that stuff. Sure. The But the reality of it is, is that that mentality that Mac brought to that game is what built Iowa State football. Yeah. Without beating Iowa, what, five years in a row? Five years in a row? Yeah. Starting that year? Then, then, like, what we're going to experience this weekend probably doesn't happen. They had to – you had to you start had to somewhere. Start. Um, and winning the Big 8 championship wasn't – was it Big 12 then? No, yeah, it was, it was just 12. starting to be Big 12. Yep. That wasn't realistic. But they had, like, from a recruiting standpoint, wins like in 98 or why you could get Brett Meyer, why you could get Todd Blythe, guys like that as, as we started to build this program forward. It, uh, it really – I can't emphasize enough how – monster and underdog Iowa State felt before that week. Uh, Nancy Clark, who was a columnist for the Des Moines Register, wrote, and this was in the paper, uh, 15 reasons why Iowa State has lost in this series and will again. Like, it was <laughs> so arrogant. And it, I mean, everybody felt like, oh, Iowa State was literally less than a MAC team at this point. Yeah. Like, Iowa was getting more games from, like, Kent State and Central Michigan. Iowa State had no business yeah. uh, being competitive. And, and not only did Iowa State, it wasn't a fluke, they dominated. Were you there? Did you? I was out? not. So it was actually, uh, I had my, so this is how much of a loser I was. I had my uh, four, 14th, 14th birthday uh, that night, my birthday party. Um, that Monday. What did you guys do? Did you like I skating rink? No, we, I remember it. Uh, no, we, it was. Uh, Holding hands with no, girls. No, we had uh, James Bond 007. Oh. We got all the. Nintendo 64. Oh, and everybody up. just sat around yeah. and oh, shot yeah. at each other yep. all night. Yeah, was, I've been there, done that. We used was, to do that with Mario Kart. Yeah, I got the the surge out. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. The what about the? You remember orbits? Oh it yeah. Had like the Jello yep. in inside of the pop. Yep. Did that. Played uh, balls. Did you ever drink balls? I don't know if I ever did. Ever did. B A W L Z. I don't think I did that. Super caffeinated drink. So keep in mind. Before it was Red Bull, before Red Bull. That this is how much of a loser I was. For Halloween that year, I went to school and I had a white T-shirt that said twenty-seven to nine on it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the seventh grade oh. girls at uh, Sacred Heart Elementary That's really, really fell for that one. That's phenomenal. When did your brother become an Iowa fan? Uh, yeah. So people don't know, I have a twin brother that yeah. went to Iowa. When did he? You be- know, he won't admit this. He won't admit this, but he was an Iowa State fan growing up. I've, yeah, I figured he was because um, all of you guys are. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, we would. I mean, the reason why is is you could go to Iowa State games and you could just do what you wanted. Yeah. Like I went. To, I went to the Sci-Hall game pretty much every year, but that one actually. <laughs> like, how did they even charge people? 
I mean, you you still it was still a ticket, but it was like people you could get tickets for yeah, being in Cub Scouts. If, like it didn't it yeah, didn't matter. It, that's what I'm saying. Like it it. Like, I mean, like how do like who in the hell would pay to go to a Kansas football game? Not, not you know what I mean? Did. Like you should yeah. be able to just get in for free. Yeah, the the old running gag is yeah, I had two tickets on my windshield. I came back and there was four there. <laughs> um, like you could, you, we went and rolled on the hills. Like it, we had full twelve on twelve, eleven on eleven oh. football games on those hills. Yeah, you could run the stadium. It was great. It was like if you're a kid, like this is awesome. But the games weren't competitive. It'll be a little different this Saturday. Yeah, I mean, tickets changed a little bit, but so that was a. Uh, that really changed Iowa State football. My, and again, only a three-one year, but 1998. And if you ever get Ben Bruns, I mean, he tells a great story of what happened the week prior. They're starting one of their starting linemen. I think it was their starting center, Mark Cortez, got hurt in the TCU game and couldn't play in the Iowa game. Uh, and, TCU from the Mountain West. Yeah, yeah, they may have been the whack at the time, actually. Yeah, um, yeah Ladanian, you're probably right. Danian Thompson was a freshman. Um, but Cortez wrote a very emotional letter about, oh, I wish I could be there fighting with you guys, and I can't. And it was read before the game by McCarney, and it just got everybody fired oh, up. You know, Mac, like his oh. cadence and all that stuff. And it, it yeah. felt like uh, it, it felt like Iowa State won the Super Bowl, honestly. I mean, I, I know that was the, the moniker that we hate now, but at the time, it was a, it was a huge, when huge deal. When did they start doing that? The Super Bowl stuff. Yeah. After they lost five years in a row and they had to come up with a reason why it happened. Because <laughs> they, you know, they didn't care as much about no. it. So, no. Yeah, yeah, so that's the way it is. So, you, so that, that awesome, awesome memories and, and really, I think, changed the fandom in Central Iowa a little bit as well. I, I honestly think, and people probably disagree with me, I think the Iowa State winning five in a row in that series changed the demographics of the state too. I think it gave Iowa State a little bit more of a reputation academically as well. And now people might not realize this. There are more students that go to Iowa State. There are more Iowans that go to Iowa State. And there's 25,000 more alumni in the state that went to Iowa State than Iowa. So I think that series flipping like that changed a little bit of everything in the state. So yeah, no doubt. the capper on that, though, was 2002. It's still maybe for a while is my favorite game ever as a Iowa State fan. I think it's probably been eclipsed now by the Oklahoma game from 17. But one of those games where, you know, Iowa, it felt like the old days. Just, you know, oh, yeah. a stampede Wasn't early. Wasn't it like 24-7 or? 24-7 at half. Yeah, and yeah. I, I remember this day, ESPN Freddie Russell interviewing Hayden Fry at halftime. is was like, well, it feels like the old days. I don't know what Iowa State did to let us, you know, lose or win. He actually said that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So it's just like, come on, buddy. But in this, and Hayden hated Iowa State. Completely. Like and he, he, he would rub their face in it. Yeah. That's why the series went the way it would. But then Seneca played as brilliant of a half of football I have ever seen to this day. He was unbelievable. Every single throw you could think of. He single-handedly, I mean, it was it was Seneca versus the world that day. And obviously it helped. The defense stepped up. But that was a really good Iowa team, obviously. Yeah. It, it completely it kept them out of the BCS uh, championship game. Only loss of the year for them. And then it was... Uh, Until they got annihilated by USC. Correct. Which In the Orange Bowl. I'd like to mention that, what yeah. happened there. Um but it, it's, you know, the Whitford play, Lane Danielson was awesome in that game. Hiawatha Rutland had a touchdown. The Rest defense came to play, got a safety late. Um, it was just a – the second half was as enjoyable of, of why you become a fan to begin with. Because you, you, you go from, from nothing. We're like, man, there goes the streak. Here comes Iowa again. Ferentz has it rolling to, now we still got something. We've got Seneca and you don't. And it was to win a night game in Kinnick – in that fashion, it was as enjoyable feeling leaving a, a stadium as I've had. I remember um, in tales from that game too. 
And I, I knowing enough about the industry now, I know that this there's no way that this was actually true. But apparently, because that was a night game, like the it was so out of control. Oh, as far as like the drinking. stands and the yeah. drinking and stuff, everybody liked to say, "Well, this could never be a night game again." It was because of that. But I mean, clearly, television and everything is yeah controls dictates, it dictates that. But I I I was I wasn't there, but I remember that was kind of the talk for yeah, years there's a reason come. i think they implemented regulations the very next year at kinnick it was insane like it because everyone's hammered and then at halftime when i was up 24 7 really you know kicking iowa states you know what um then they're rubbing then they're looking at you like i was dumb enough to wear my iowa state gear yeah and I'm just an 18 year old punk kid, and they're giving me the business. Like I'm not, I'm not playing. But then it flipped, and so all these Iowa fans that were so cocky in that first half, and it's like, oh, you're kind of quiet now. And it, it, multiple fights. I mean, it, it got ugly at times in that second half. But uh, credit Iowa State, and that was, I think that was a signature moment for Dan because um, it was the fifth fifth win in a row against Iowa, and now. That first half of 2002, I'll always remember. I'll forget the second half. But Iowa State really rode that game into the top 10 nationally. Seneca, the lead Heisman guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he, nobody's played, in my opinion, nobody's played a better half of football that I've ever seen than Seneca Wallace did in that second half. Anything he'd do was magical. Yeah, my my memory that is equatable to that was the Paul Rhodes-Nebraska game with Arnaud being out. Oh, yep. Um, yep. Who's the Jeremiah Schwartz? Yep. And was uh, the Jerome running back. Tiller. Jerome Tiller was the I I that would the, be yeah. I remember sitting in that that was a seven turnover game or eight turnovers yep. or whatever the yep. hell it was and it was a similar feel I think to what you're talking about because yeah. it's a place where you just don't have success. Yeah, there's and, I encourage people to go maybe not to Kinnick cuz it's it, it's not always the best place I to watch a game. Yeah, I'm not. But if you go to a road game and it, and you have the t-shirts now. It's Cyclones versus the world. Like you feel that. Oh yeah. It's like and it's a little Absolutely. different in Iowa City because there's more Absolutely. Iowa State people. But when you go on a road game, you feel like all right. Like oh, you've yeah. been on road games even with uh, well football and women's basketball. Oh yeah. And it's just a different vibe when you can leave that stadium with a win. It's amazing. It's just it's so much more fulfilling almost am- than even at home. It's amazing. So yeah, that was that's a, a really good point. It was uh, it was one of those games where you're like, gosh, that just felt good after it. I think 2002 in my opinion, is the best Cyhawk win for Iowa State for a lot of the reasons that you – Not uh, if I had to rank them, I thought it was the just being down, you know, everything everything that it, went into it. In Iowa 2005 fans, was right there. Yeah. Just because it was, it was such they an were a good team. Um, but they'll always remind you, well, if, if we lose to Iowa State, it's not going to be a good year for us. Well, not the case in 02. I mean, yeah. that was a – Bob Sanders, I mean – uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean all those guys, and Iowa State Dallas on that team. Yeah, Dallas Clark. Yeah, Iowa State made them made them look silly in that second half. So, well, it's, it's really been a, you know, what we talk about. Well, should we really have this series or not? I mean, there. I don't think, in my opinion, there's been a series Iowa State has played in that has been as entertaining as a Cyhawk. I forget the extra. I don't even think it's close. I don't think it's close either. I really don't. I'm excited, man. Um, I'm a little bit nervous of the logistics and everything with game day and 5 a.m. parking totally. lots and a 3 o'clock kick. I'd be a total liar if I didn't. But, you know, Jamie and the staff is all over they're it, and it they're going to do as well as they can. Um, but I, I don't know if you read Monday Musings today. I did. But just enjoy Try and yeah. enjoy this week. I'm not going to let the 
Don't let the haters. Yeah, the toxic yeah. stuff get to me. Yeah. I'm going to just try and really soak this all in. And um, I think Iowa State has a really good chance. I don't know who I'm going to pick to win the game yet, but I, I, I think – there's a reason this is basically a coin flip in Las yeah. Vegas. And I think this, I, I'm, I, I truly believe Iowa state has one of the best coaches in the entire country. And that gives me a lot of peace going to bed and, tonight. You know, you know, for me, it's, I think Iowa state's defense is I do too. as good as anybody's in the country. That's, and that I mean, maybe, obviously maybe not Alabama that, Clemson, but, but that, that, but Brent, that's not going to get talked about much. No, this week. it's not. You're going to hear a lot about uh, Iowa's yeah, and, 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 and it's great. They're good. Iowa State's defense is, according to like the public eye, sleepwalking into this game, which is exactly how I think that we should want it to be. Uh, so you you have a little insight in this, and you're not going to give away everything. But I would venture that the Iowa State football staff is very much okay with how this is setting up from a motivation standpoint. Campbell loves it. Yeah, loves it. Because it's it, at, we talk, it's funny. After the U and I game, we had a conversation in the press box. Like, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> Tell them. We, I don't care. There's no yeah, secrets. There's no here. secrets. Yeah. So this is, again summer series. This is what you get. Chris and I are talking after cycling reaction. I said, here's what's going to happen. I was going to look really good against Miami of Ohio. They're going to look really good against Rutgers. Everyone's going to wonder how does Iowa State even almost lose to a FCS team? The the betting line's going to flip. <laughs> Which it has. And all of the people are going to flip their picks from Iowa State to Iowa. And there's going to be one person who's going to love it and use it as motivation. And that is the head football coach at Iowa State. And, oh, by the way, you've got a quarterback for the other team that isn't real mobile. And you're going to have a motivated Iowa State defense. And let's see what happens. They're going to be salivating. Oh, they're going to be salive. And I the I think Stanley can make a lot of he the can. throws. Oh, yeah. It's the thing. And he has. And I think he'll stay in the pocket. But I do think that our boys are going to be I, I just, sucking their ears you behind. Know, you if, if anybody has an absolute in this game, they're wrong. Because you have no idea what's actually going to happen. But but I, I am absolutely okay with how this is set up. I I think I would say it's going to be not that they want people. I think they're going to be hungry. They're going to be focused. And you're going to see a spirit early in that game. And I don't know if, if we'll see an environment as good as it's going to be early at Jack Trice Stadium. It's going to be insane. Weather sounds like it's going to be just, just about fine. perfect. Yep. It's Bloom's birthday. It is. So do you and your twin brother even talk on your <laughs> we, birthday when, we, I, when Iowa State are playing? We have a four. Well, when they play, usually we just send you. What do you with your twin? You just send a happy birthday text. So yeah, we I know. Happy but I, did, I didn't know like how cordial no, things so, would be. Oz is good. He, yeah. he doesn't. Have, See the thing is, like his, I, his buddies are the ones that yeah, rub it in your face. It's some of the other other folks I know, <laughs> not my not my brother. But that's why it's fun for me. It's like yeah, it's no, it, it's a it. uh, it's a family affair, and it'll be it'll be great. It'll be a great Saturday, and I just I just hope the good guys uh, come out on top. I'm yeah, it, I won't lie. It's gonna kind of suck. I've I've kind of had a hard time watching Iowa play with my uncle passing. He sure. I don't think he missed an Iowa game at home in over thirty years. Like he. Uh, he took me to basically every game with him for 20 years. And when, so when I started um, doing the Iowa state thing, I do, I won't lie. I think it bothered him. Sure. At first, sure. I, not like in a personal way, but I think it was just, you got to realize this guy, um, the Hawkeyes were a big deal. Yeah. It was like his, his life. Thing. Yeah. He didn't have kids. Yeah. Like I was basically his kid. And, so, yeah. and, but I, I said this actually in the eulogy that I did at his funeral and like, I, 
we always like gave each other hell about Iowa and Iowa State, and it was very fun. But I always thought like he deep down, I thought he was, was like, "Gosh, I wish Chris would have." Well, I think he was pretty proud of like this like you've fanatic oh, thing, and yeah, and I think that he didn't show it, but I think he was deep down rooting for Iowa State along the way. Yeah, and because it'd be know, good for you. Yeah, and I he you know he, he's funny he. Um, he got on all the Iowa message boards all the time and he would always, I'm pretty sure had aliases to go and defend me <laughs> Yeah, when they he were, a good, he was a good guy. Yeah. So it that's, that's where tough. this deal. And I, I kind of yeah. got a sneak peek at your column coming up for Wednesday and it's similar and it's, um, this rivalry is really pretty special. And the way I look at it, if you think that it should go away, then. You, yeah. you need to reestablish like your priorities and all this. Well, and and why why are you a fan to begin with? Yes. Right? Um, if it's just to win games, then okay. Then but, you go to the MAC. But there's always what makes sports special. I believe are the connections made because of it. Yeah. Connections with family, connections with friends, connections with your tailgate buddies, connections even with the Iowa State players, and make yeah. you feel like more connected person. And I think this game, more than any, anyone Iowa State plays, does that. It has that connection. It brings families together. It brings families apart, but in a good way. It's mostly healthy as long as you stay off the nonsense. But it's good. Yeah. It's it it's a, just a good connector. And I think we need more of that anymore in the world. And if you can just stay away from some of the weirdos and some of the, the jackknifes, it's, it really will be a fun celebration. And I would also, um, my dear friend and co-host Ross Peterson points this out all the time, and he's very right with it. Um, when you're there Saturday, just remember you're representing more than yeah. just yourself. Don't throw, like, I, I for real. Yep. Um, yep. Great reminder. Two years ago, Brent, was I didn't go to Kinnick for like four years because the last time I was there, a bunch of frat boys or whatever decided they thought it'd be cool to throw all their beer cans at me. And like literally happened, happened to me. So there you go. Mm -hmm. And, and you know what? I left Iowa city that day smelling like beer in the press box all day. And I thought that they were all, um, judging you heathens. And yeah. No, well, yeah, oh, yeah, I just like, yeah. I, th I, that was my representation in my mind of their fan base. And that's not like that. They're, they're good people who are Iowa fans. Yep. Just don't be, don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't be that guy for Iowa state. Yep. Talk some smack. That's fine. It's what it's all about. Actually, you can hate Iowa. You don't have to like them. Nope. They're your rival, but don't do crap like that. Yeah. I mean, I, now we're getting older. Uh, I just remember I was, a, I'm now those kids going to the, or I was that kid, you yeah. know, that, that eight, that 10 year old that's at the game and, you know, and Ev's going to be that boy yeah, and he's, here. He, he, he goes to all the games and he's not, he's not going to be there. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you're right. You are representing Iowa State, whether you like it or not, and you don't have to like the people, but you know, I just it's, it, it makes for it makes for a better atmosphere. I am a little bit concerned about. Saturday. Yeah, I think I think you I think it's a rightful concern. Five a.m., uh, three p.m. kick. Just do the math. But I, the other part of it is, at the end of the day, I know it's corny, but still, is your neighbors and people yeah. people look out for each other. No doubt, and I'm not at all. I don't want to ever complain about this because this is an amazing opportunity. I'm so excited about it. I'm I'm going to stay in a little pop-up camper yeah. in Vet Med on Friday night, and I'm going to grill out, and I'm going to have some cold beers with, with all my people, which are the clone fans, and I can't wait. 
and let's get after it. Yeah. Think of all the times you went to Jack Trice thinking, gosh, wonder if we'll ever get there someday. You're there. We'll ever have game day. Well, here we go. There let's you make go. It fun. Go ahead. Get after it. All right. Uh, your up Summer Series. I hope you guys enjoyed 2019. Uh, hopefully, Sukup will be on board next year. You should tweet at them at MFG on Twitter and thank them for sponsoring this um, podcast series that we've been doing, what, four or five years yeah, now? Yeah, love it. I um I thoroughly enjoy being able to sit down and do a long form conversation with Bloom. And uh, we won't have any of this for a while. Bloom will be back on the Cycle and Fanatic radio show Thursday night. I'm going to be going on the road with RVTV Wednesday and Thursday. And, um, man, we, I don't know if you saw the content plan. We have so much oh, stuff planned wild. for this week. And it's almost gotten overwhelming yeah. the amount of stuff we're doing but it's it's we're trying to we're trying like hell for you guys yeah we're gonna pass the time one minute at a time one article at a time one yeah. podcast at a time so appreciate everybody uh tuning in and you know what let's hope 2019 go. goes on the uh gonna, the top five list we're now. gonna have a great birthday um yeah. birthday yeah. 24 pack for you on saturday I'll, night i'll drink every one of them <laughs> all right thanks for listening guys have a safe week